Hey y'all, we're back. I know, but it's time. It's time for you to, well, take this vow with us. Take a vow where we commit to giving you all the details, holding nothing back, being authentically unhinged while sober and free, healing of our wounds, and open about our life lessons and many blessings because of, well, these deep, unfiltered, unscripted conversations full of therapy and life lessons and realness that a group of chosen friends turned family say yes, for better or for worse. So I do want to welcome you to come in, have a seat at the table with me, your host, the same old G. What's up, everybody? I am really, really excited about this week's episode. And y'all know, when I have guests, I try my best to do an introduction not in front of them because I don't want people to feel like, oh my gosh, I have to live up to what she's already spoken of me because sometimes we as people don't know how much we're valued. And so this particular guest has been, is, and still someone I truly, truly respect. There's someone that I would say has been shielded by God, been hidden in places of my life. Um, And they really mean the world to me and they don't even know how much. They have physically, mentally, emotionally, but most importantly, spiritually carried me. Before I knew I needed to be carried, before I knew that I was going to need to be carried, and when I needed to be carried the most, they have been that person. She has single-handedly prayed for me, called me higher, made me get out of my own way. She has allowed my God-given gifts to be nurtured and she has breathed nothing but life into them. So it is my greatest honor and pleasure to introduce you guys a really good friend of mine who I value so highly. So, okay, everybody, it is Friday, hypothetically speaking. Y'all know I record before Friday, but when y'all hear this, it'll be Friday. And I'm really pumped. I'm so excited. Um, We're back at the table. Literally, this time I'm actually at a table, not in the car, not traveling. I'm home for a quick pit stop. But today's conversation is going to be one that's really good. I don't know where this is going to go, and I'm just going to let you know. If you are just in a season (laughs) where life is lifing, or maybe you're about to go into a season that you don't even know you're going into, I'm going to precaution this with you should tread really lightly. And if you're really spiritual, you should just listen. I promise you this conversation is going to be one of those that you're like, oh, dang. Oh, dang. 
But grab your notebook, grab your pen. I literally have a notebook and pen today because I don't know where this conversation is going to go. It's one that we've talked about, I don't know, I feel like for a while. Yeah. And now it's finally here. And I feel like Eminem, like, palms are sweaty, like all the things. But I'm so excited for you guys to hear this woman's story about life, about the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifference. But most of all, like the title of this, Go Through Dying. And I don't mean that in the most ways that a lot of people be like, wait, did she almost die? I don't know what story she's going to tell you. But I can tell you on the spiritual aspect, literally, yes, living at death's door, okay? But we're here now. <laughs> and, and we're going to talk about it. So without further ado, Miss Shamika, I'm so excited that you even let me pick your brain and have this conversation thank you for having me it's Listen, crazy. you know i was going through and i was like i'm ready to tell my story i have a story to tell you know i was like i feel like a rapper for a minute like <laughs> listen um the season of my life that i just come out of and it was like death before dishonor is what god gave me Oof. and so it's loaded, right? It was like yeah. death before dishonor. And I was like, isn't that a rap uh, album type? Like, <laughs> it is. Isn't that like Biggie or somebody? Like, I don't know. I, it's been long since I listened to it. Um, but I was like, that death before dishonor. Like, let's, okay, Holy Spirit, death before dishonor. I feel like that's like a DMX album. I don't know. We'll have to look it up. No. I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> okay. So um, I was like, Holy Spirit, what does that mean? And God was like, you're going to die before I allow you to dishonor me. Jesus. And I was like, what? (laughs) Say what? I'm going to do what? And God was just like, you're going to die before I allow you to dishonor me. Mm. And it was then I realized the call that was on my life was so much greater than I could ever even imagine that God had so much more in store for me than I ever had even given him credit for. Because I was like, I got to die. Like, of course, all Christians have to die, right? Right. But you're like, no, no, no. And God was like, no. (laughs) And so it was so loaded where God was like, if you go back, if you try to go back, you're going to die. And so for some people, you know, they're like, oh, it's a spiritual death. But God literally told me, like, if I went back to my old life, that I would die in it. And I was like, whoa. And then I ain't trying to die yet, Lord. Absolutely. Like, no. But the other half of it was, if I continue to walk forward, that I had to die anyway. I still. Oh. And so it was like, you know, you're like, so you do I go to the left and die or do I go to the right and die? And so, like, it got so heavy. Like, I had to put my hand on my head just now. Cause, like, even thinking back, it was just so heavy. And I was like, death before dishonor. And I remember making it a post on Facebook and people were like, oh, okay, when I seen them, they were like, oh, you a rapper now? I'm like, no, just wait until you understand. Yeah, but like, just... before this honor that when you realize that your life is not your own. Period. We say we understand that, but then you don't really understand that, <laughs> that all that happens in this life, God is like, I'm working it all together for my good. Yeah. I don't see no good in this. I don't see good. I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. I don't hear good. Like, but you said, and that's all you have to go back to. (laughs) Dad, you said, 
You're gonna work all. I saw with my together. own eyes. Like, you said it. I read it. Yeah. I felt it. Like yeah. But what I'm feeling now is so opposite of what your word says. Mm-hmm. And so when I began to die to myself, I was like, okay, you know, you're going to go through a season of trial. You're going to go through a season of tribulation. And like, okay, I'm going to pray my way through it. But I literally remember being in mentor training. And I fell on the floor. And I was like, I am dying. And I busted out crying. And everybody laughed because, you know, I'm a goop troop. So Yo, she really is. She's really funny. Like, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I just like to have fun. And so me going through a season of, like, Grief, mourning, dying fully to myself, getting to know myself, having to allow myself to feel. I don't even know how much time I got today, but it was like... <laughs> listen, we will make this as many so, as many episodes as we need to. Listen, it was so like... in the first part of me um, realizing that I was dying was me having to let go of control. Ooh. Y'all, let me tell y'all. I don't even want to talk about that. That, that in itself is a, it's, it's a whole journey. It's a whole journey. It was it's literally trusting God in the, you got to let go. And so, you you know, I love butterflies, right? Yep. Everybody's always so infatuated with the end result of a butterfly. The butterfly has beautiful wings. and <laughs> Look how it flies. It's graceful. It's so many beautiful things about the butterfly. But nobody talks about the depth that the caterpillar has to endure. And it is painful and strenuous and it's hidden. It's lonely. That the part that I think no one ever, it's hidden and it's so lonely. They can't cry for help because if they cry for help, they automatically die. They can't say, can you come help me out? Because if they get out, they automatically die. Yeah. It's, it's no premature birth birthing in that. All the things. It would literally be tragedy. Like, no, your spiritual mother can't help you. No. Nope. Your natural mother can't help you. No. Nope. Your spiritual sisters and brothers can't help you. But literally, it was like nobody had anything to say to me. And I, I was just on the spiritual side, I was alone. And on the natural side, I was alone because it was like in the cocoon. You know, like before we even go there. You thinking you have evolved and you have grown, but you are literally just a caterpillar walking around like, I made it through that. I yep. didn't get ran over. I didn't get stepped on. The little kid didn't pick me up and misplace me. <laughs> like, I'm going. And so you're thinking like you reached somewhere, right? And you get to your destination only to realize you're about you're, to die. You're actually just beginning. So would, wouldn't it have been worth it to die back there? And you're like, because that, that would have been a quick death. That would have been a, that, like, you think it back, it was like, that would have been so much quicker, like, for me to fork, but I would have forfeited everything God had for me. Yeah. And that was like, oh, and it was like, God was like, I need you to trust me. And I was like, I do. He was like, I need you to trust me. I do. And he was like, you're not. And it was like, I was like, I trust you with my hands tight. And he was like, mm-hmm. open your hands and let go. Oof. I need you to trust me. And I was like, I can't hold on. I can't hold on. I got to trust you. And I was like, listen. <laughs> I know. They're probably like, what are they doing? But I'm telling you, it was like, oh, my God, I have to die. And so um, when you do die as the caterpillar, you turn into a pulp. Mm -hmm. That means everything about you changed. There's nothing. Your heart is not the same. Yep. Your brain is not the same. Like nothing exists in that cocoon. And that's the part that people don't know is the caterpillar literally literally turns to pulp, but it's in the master's hand. 
And so I realized it took me for coming out of the cocoon to realize yeah. that the cocoon was me in the master's hand, in the potter's hand, where he was reshaping me, where he was remolding me, yeah. where he was fastening me. And it was like, I didn't feel that. Because when I went in the fire, when he was doing all that, he stuck me in the fire. I was like, how much longer? <laughs> I was like, David, oh my God, I was so dramatic, Janelle. Like, listen, gee, I, when I say I was so dramatic, I was like, in my prayers, how much longer are you going to let my enemies, God? How much? Like, oh my. And I really, and then God was like, you got to die to yourself. And then the, for a year, I kept hearing death before dishonor. Mm. Death before dishonor. And I began to think about who God was and do I really want to dishonor God? Yeah. And so I'm going to go through this death, but it was like, somebody, <laughs> somebody help. Somebody help. And I, I didn't have it. Like, Yeah. And it's crazy because, so, like, let me tell y'all why we're even on this topic. <laughs> so, <laughs> anytime I've ever wanted, like, box braids that are going to last that you don't, like, I don't, well, l let me just speak for my own hair. My hair, I think that it's silky when I get braids, bigger braids. If I get micros, I can leave them in until my hair falls out and they're just still going to be intact. But because box, box braids are so much more hair, my it does they don't last. Like, but Shamika does my hair, and I'm like, yo, I got two more months in these. They're gold. I go to get my hair braided this one random Tuesday. I won't forget it. And I was like, so what's going on? And that's what she just goes, where have you been? I've been dying. And I'm like, whoa, wow. Um, I I don't I don't know. I mean. Um, well, I, I don't, you didn't call. You didn't, and she was like, I couldn't. I didn't have anything to say. And I'm like, well, then how am I supposed to know? And no joke. Her next statement was, but you're supposed to be through and going through this with me. I was like, no, 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 ma'am. Mm -mm. That's not what this is. Y'all, I have always been a firm believer, though. If we actually pay attention to God when he speaks, he never does anything that catches us off guard. We just don't pay attention. Mm -hmm. And no joke, that, st that statement and conversation was probably about six months before my husband passed away. And from that day, literally everything that, that could have fell apart, fell apart. And I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> what is happening? Like my businesses were great, but a lot of connections and communications that I had with people just started like falling off. And I'm like... We was good a couple months ago. And now, like, you moving different. You doing stuff under the radar I don't approve of. Like, I can't. Yeah. And it just, like, and I'm like, okay. And then I needed to get my hair braided before we went to Disney. And our schedules didn't align. And I remember calling her, and I'm like, yo, what's happening? And she was like, I don't know, G. I am dying over here. Like, And I'm like, why do you keep saying that to me? <laughs> She's like, I don't, I don't know, but I'm just dying. And I'm like, okay, well, you want to talk about it? She was like, no, I'm not ready to talk about it yet. <laughs> I was like, so why are we, why do we keep saying this? But again, even though she said it about her own life from the initial statement, God was already preparing me for the unfathomable. And I just didn't see it for what it was or even call it what it was. Cause I didn't, in our own natural human experience, we always take it as if, Oh, well, that's just happening to them. Mm -hmm. Never how, or maybe I should say this way. When things are not going great for other people, 
that you're connected to work with like, oh man, it's just them. I, I'm going to pray for them. Not understanding if you're connected to them, it's happening to you too. They just may be the people that have to start the, the revolution of the pain of the hurt. But then it, but it all turns into literally what she's, it all ends up working out for your good. But because we don't know what's considered good in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. That's good. Like, that's good. It's just like, but wait, this is painful, but it's good. But how? It's like, I mean, granted, we were having this conversation the other day about how much water that the Lord is making us drink. And I'm like, I don't, I don't see the good in going to the bathroom every two seconds. But the nutrients and the well-being of my mental health, physical health, emotional health is because I'm doing what it needs, which is water Absolutely. over everything else. And so life obstacles present this, I'll say this cocoon that, like you said, we don't really understand it looks good from across the room yeah. it looks good for everybody else until you become the cocoon mm -hmm. and then you're like oh wait there's no escape here None. there's no exit there's no no come rescue me mm -hmm. there's no smoke signal nothing because anything that i prematurely do to get out of it results in death immediately immediate death because the the butterfly would actually drown its lungs would fill up with water and isn't that funny that's one of the first things that happens is their lungs are developed that's crazy and so you got to think about the breath of god is, mm -hmm. you know what's coming and in some you have to it squeezes itself out it eats itself out and so all the water has to dry out of it but in what you were saying it's like Man, I would literally die. I would have killed myself like if I would have tried to get out of it. If I would have been like, I need help. When God was like, you're going to do this is me and you season. Like, yeah. this is a me and God season. And people that are like, this is me and God season. I mean, you're smiling. I'm like, you're faking it. Yeah. You are faking it. Because I have never in 40 years cried so much than I have in the last year. And I literally. No mean, lie detected. I cry. Like, I cry when I feel the Lord. I cry when I'm in prayer. But like this I was like a, different a pregnant woman, and Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Like even then, I cry. I had I had to give birth to something. I was yeah. I was going through, and it was like a pregnant woman. You look at her, and she cries. Like what's wrong? I'm hungry. Like yep. I just I don't know. I just and that's how I was. And so like as I began to feel, I didn't realize how numb I was for so mm. many years. And you know we get these great prophecies, right? Right. And you're going to be this and you're going to do that. And God has a business for you and he wants you to do this and he wants you to do all of that. And then you go, where is it? Yeah. When, when is it going to happen? Right, right. Come on, let's go. So true. And you hear all these songs and people are encouraging. And then you see like people building businesses and you see their brands going and you see them on platforms. And it's not about the fame and the notoriety of it, but it's like, okay, God, when is it going to happen for me? And you don't realize that when it's kingdom entrepreneurship, when it's kingdom tied to it, God's like death before dishonor. Before I allow you to go out there and dishonor me, I'm going to kill all that was in you. Well, let me just tell you. <laughs> I had so much in here. I was literally like, you know how you pray the prayer? God, show me what you see when you see me. Man. I thought I was going to see myself like ministering and business flourishing and house and husband and all these things. Yeah. Because like God knows the ending from the beginning. Like, no, he began to show me like all this ugly that was in me. Like, you're mean. Like... <sighs> I was like, I'm mean? And the Holy Spirit was like, you're mean. 
you're offended. You're unforgiving. And wow. so, like, I had, like, all, but you don't know until, like, you hit your toe on something. <laughs> like, it wasn't until something would come up that yeah. I would be like, I didn't even know I had that. Like, yeah. I didn't even know that was there. And so, like, through the years, God had been, like, dealing with me on these things. And so then when it came time for last year, it was like, God. This is, this is what we're having. We're, we're cutting all the ties this year, and you're going to suffer. Um. Because I had to allow myself to feel. God was like, you're you're a robot. And I was like, no, I'm not. God's like, yes, you are. And so, like, I would be like, I don't got nothing against nobody. Like, I don't feel no kind of way towards people. And our leaders started being like, but that's not God. You just cut people off and you don't talk to them. And that's not God. And I was like, well, they said this to me, and I didn't say <laughs> nothing to them. And I could tell y'all the stuff that people say to me, but I don't come to y'all. And then they were like, yeah. You don't say anything back, but you're so puffed up with anger. Mm. You're so vexed. And I was like, what? And then, and then it was like the bow broke, literally. Yeah. Where I felt, I I know I didn't have control. I didn't know what it was like to feel. Yeah. How can you feel? I love my kids. I love my family. I love those people closest to me. But everybody else, I would hold you at a distance. Yeah. Like that's safe. And yeah. you can't come you can't come past this line. Gotcha. And God was like, That's not no, you can't do that with what I called you to. And I was like, Yes, we can. We're gonna figure out <laughs> we're gonna figure out how to navigate ministry like this, right? Because no, I can't let you get close to me. No. She's not even lying. And so it was like people would be like, You can call me and I would be like, Okay, and then I'd be like, No, I'm not gonna call. Never but call. It, but it wasn't intentional. To make somebody feel a kind of way like they weren't good yeah. enough. It was literally, I was hurt. And all I wanted to do was to protect my heart because it had been stomped on so much. Yeah. And so when God began to show me where the root cause of me being emotionless came from, I was six. Wow. I was literally six. And it was because my aunt came to live with us. And it didn't work out for whatever the reason. And she moved. And at that age, six years old, abandonment issues kicked in. Because mm. I felt like she left us. Like, I, my six-year-old mind didn't, yeah. know, I didn't know what was going on. And then she came back again, and then she left then again. Then she left again. And so for me, it was like, well, I'm not going to yeah. let you in so close because I love so hard. Like, when I love you, I love you. Everybody knows that. Like, when Listen, I love you, I love you. Like Stand on it like business. Ten toes down. Ten toes down. Not moving. Let's get it. Let's get it. Who we fighting? Who we gotta go? Who we gotta go talk to? Like I love you. You my heart. Like you my bae. Like you. I love you like a bae. Listen. But that's how I am with everybody, and I realize like no, God keeps sending me people, and I'm not utilizing my community. God's like I gave you a community of people, and you're going through life by yourself, and I was like. But God, I don't have anybody. He's like, but I sent you people. And I was like, God, but I don't have anybody. Why? They're going out and they're traveling and living. And, and God's like, and you're just existing. Wow. You're just existing. And I was like, but I want to live. And God was like, you have to die first. <laughs> and I was like, what? And so in all of that, it was tearing down my trust issues, mm -hmm. tearing down my emotion, you know, where I really am big hearted, I'm kind hearted and I would do anything for anybody, but I can't True. let y'all know. I couldn't let people know, <laughs> you know, it was like, people are like, who nice? She nice, not her. And it was like, but I really am. But I just can't let pick people know. Pick me, pick me. I, literally. But then it was like, I don't care if y'all pick me, shoot. Like, <laughs> but really on the inside, it was like, they didn't even pick me. 
why didn't you pick me? I'm great. Like, aren't I a great person? So then I call my friends that know me. You know, the people that have I've let over the wall. Like, am I not? Am I? Am I mean? They're like, absolutely not. You you would give anybody anything. You'll do anything for anybody. I'm like, why do you keep treating me like an alien? Why do they keep treating me like I'm mean or something? And I didn't realize. Not only did I have like this wall up, I built a fortress around my heart. And you know, we go and we mm-hmm. pray and God massage the stoniness of the heart i got to a place where i started praying come in here with a wrecking ball and <laughs> knock this fortress down because Jesus. my fortress was so high so many layers. it was like it was it and i i didn't even realize i had done mm. it over the years like and my mom made a comment she was like where's my sweet girl at and i was like you life life <laughs> that's where she is life and i was like you know i left her and i was like you did used to be really nice to people and you were the first to give. And you were the first to say, mm. hey, come sit beside me. And I still do it. But then I, then, but then it's like, don't sit too close. Though. Yeah. It's like, sit right here. But slide your seat over a little bit. All right, right there. You know, and that's how it is. It's like, slide your seat over. Still and setting that boundary. Setting boundaries. But my boundaries were so unhealthy and so toxic. Mm. And so, like, I have kids. Like, when this past year... God showed me, like, you didn't love those men. And I was like, yes, I did. We got kids together, God. <laughs> and he was like, you didn't love them. And I was like, no. And they were like, how do you be with somebody for almost seven years? And when you break up, like, you just move on. Yikes. Only because I only let them in so far. I'm only going to let you in so far, but not too far where you're going to hurt me. Because once you make me cry one time, I'll never forgive you. And Jeez. that's how I was operating as a woman. Going, God's going to send me a husband. Girl, you don't even forgive. But to me, I was like the most forgiving person because I would still talk to you, but then I wouldn't fool with you for real. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, it was like, I forgave you. But then, but you still controlled the outcomes. Yes. Everything had to be controlled. Like, who? I was like, you got control issues, girl. And I was like, no, I don't. No, I don't. My mom's controlling. And then I was like, it vexes me when she controls people because I'm seeing myself in her. Yeah. And I said, I tried so hard to not be her that I became the very thing that I despised about her. Mm. And it was like, God was like, but before I allow you to dishonor me, you got to go through this step. You got to kill all of this. And so I hadn't, I didn't know what it was like to feel. I didn't know what it was like to let people pass and to like have healthy boundaries. And so for me, it was overwhelming. And we went through a year of like emotional health at church and wellness and people were talking about it. I'd be like, yeah, people got to be, got to be healthy mentally, (laughs) but I would never really engage the conversations because I was like, because then that would mean I would have to be vulnerable and vulnerability (laughs) makes me want to gag because it was like, we thugs out here in these streets. But then I was like, I don't want to be a thug no more. Like, I want to feel like she gave she gave up her thug this one, y'all. Yeah, you know, I'm still done. If you call me, you know I'm coming. You know that part of me Listen, is still there. Still gonna still be there. Ten toes, but it was like allow yourself to feel. Mm. And I was like, and allowing myself to feel that means like, and then I began to cry. Yeah. And I began to say, you got feelings like that hurt you. And so my only response was anger and shut down. So those were the only two mm. emotions that I was like really familiar with. And it was like, no, admit that. And the Holy Spirit would be like, admit that hurt you. Yeah. Admit that that offended you. And tell somebody, like talk, 
start utilizing your community. Like, start. And it was like, I can't. Like, uh, mm -mm, mm -mm. I'm a loner. I'm a loner stoner. Like, because I used to be a loner stoner, really, in real life before Jesus. <laughs> so I all like, listen. So that's all I know. I was like, I'm alone. I was like, donkey walking Yo. through the field. I'm all alone. <laughs> and it was like, deal with those emotions. And I was like, mm -mm. it's okay. And I began to have conversations, hard conversations. Hard conversations. The worst ones were the ones with myself. Yeah. Those are the ones that when you, when you look at that mirror and you have to literally, like Tyler Perry said, I asked myself and I myself said, hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're like, <laughs> oh, wait, I need to talk to you because you don't even look at you. So let me introduce you to you. And that's hard. And I mean, I know like for me right now, this has been like a two, a two week process. <laughs> and I'm like, to come see me. No. Oh. And I'm like, God, I thought, I thought we were through this, this season here, father, what is happening? And it was random. We were leaving. I think I want to say church maybe two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I can't tell you for the first time in the history of ever what pastor preached about those two weeks ago. The only thing I remember him saying was something about, it's okay if you just make it through it. Mm. And I'm like, that's easy to make it through it until I got home that evening and it was right after our corporate fast. And I was like, I can actually log back into social media. I don't really know if I want to be in this space though. And it's funny for someone like me, I've built all of my businesses in the social spaces. Yeah. And I'm like, you got to kind of log back in. You still got to make money, mm -hmm. but I don't really want to be seen. I don't want my voice to be heard anymore in this space. Mm -hmm. And not even that I didn't want it to be heard, how it's been heard. It's just not who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Hmm. Open it up. Ty Tribbett is sitting in a chair giving this spiel with a couple of his friends. Mm -hmm. And he literally says, I just want someone to understand that through is the reaction to go. And I threw mm -hmm. my phone. I literally threw my phone and I was like, but I got to get the rest of the message. <laughs> but I don't want to know because I don't want to have to go. You got to go. And so, but he was like, but what we don't understand is to go somewhere the reaction of going is that you have to literally go through something. Mm -hmm. But if you don't go, what you're really telling God is, I don't want to leave here. And I was like, oh, shoot. Mm -hmm. And he said that he was like, what we are quick to tell people without giving them the real vision of seeing yeah. is there is beautiful. But the only way you get to there, even if you've written the vision for there, you do have to leave here. That's good. But go and through are the processes. And I'm like, sir. You got to go over there. You got to go through all this stuff. Yeah, like there. you have to, you have to yeah. pass the plant. You got to plant the table. You got to. Now, I don't know. That plant right now looks like it's standing. But once I get closer, it may be leaning. I might have to crawl under it, jump over it, yeah. walk around it. But you don't know that. You just know that. The vision is, is that's where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Well, only way I can get to there is leaving here. 
but I do have to go. Absolutely. And it's like, no, I don't even want to go no more. I'm, I'm really okay right here. But you've already written the vision. You've already made it plain. And they're running with the tablets. like. And I mean, and they, the Lord is like, I told you to write on the tablets of your heart. I've done my part. We're waiting on you. Mm-hmm. You can go voluntarily or involuntarily. But either way, you do have to now go. Yeah, you have to. And it's like, but yo, God, wait, I thought we were. No, sis. Bye. One step. Bye. Two steps. And I always go back to that thought, like, what's it, the footprints in the sand poem where they say, well, yeah, you know, when you stop seeing your footprint, that's when God carried you. And I'm like, bro, carry me the whole way. Don't even let me see my own footprints at this point in life. Because I clearly, I don't know what I'm doing. And I have. She was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I thought I knew and I thought I could understand. And like you said, I thought I could control the narrative of this story. Absolutely. And when you flip the script, and I mean, like, so the cool part about all of this is like, when my husband passed, you were with my mom. Mm -hmm. And I mean, y'all, they were legally, they were six hours away. Now, how quick they got back, we won't talk about that. Just know that if angels. If you don't believe in them, I, I, if I didn't believe they in them, I can only speak for me. If I didn't believe in them that day, I did. Because, yeah. I mean, I don't, I was like, I, I remember, like, this is not possible for them to be here already. This is like, I call them at this time and it is, this, oh, you know what, Lord, I want to tell you, thank you. Mm-hmm. But I remember that morning, like, oh my God. And it's so crazy because you said two things to me within those first two weeks. The first, like, when, when all you guys got back, we were at Freeman Lake and you were like, you're going to be okay. And in that moment, I heard you, but I'm like, yo, gosh, you don't even understand. Like, I'm not going to be okay. But the reality was like, no, but you are. Mm -hmm. You don't see it yet. And yep, you got to go through this freaking process. And it's uncertain. You don't know what's coming after it. You don't know what you're living through. You don't even know how to grasp it all, really. But it's like the reality was... It doesn't matter. I don't You're, even remember saying that to you. Like, well, that, that, like now you say it. It's like, I said that to somebody that was grieving. Like, fresh off the grief. <laughs> like, that no, morning. But, and it's funny because, like, there's a lot of people that said a lot of really dumb stuff. And for yeah. the sake of where we're at, I'll keep every cuss word. But it, they just said some really dumb stuff. Yeah. But you said that. And then I think it was right. It was either the day of, like, the wake that we did or the day of the funeral. One of the two days. And... No, it was a week after because I was dropping off something and I was just just coming by to tell um, you oh, know y'all came by here and I was yeah. just telling y'all thank you and you were like you know how are you really doing and I was like you know I don't know if I should feel this good and you said I just want to let you know like and then you paused and I was like you can say whatever it is you're gonna say and you was like okay I just want to make sure he's like but don't worry you will be remarried again and I laughed in my head and I looked at you like do you know what you just said <laughs> Listen, the like, thing is like and I remember I tucked it in my pocket and I walked away and I got in my car and I bawled my eyes out the whole way because I no no not in a bad way because I literally had told God and it was right before we were we were about to take my girls a week away somewhere mm-hmm. and I remember telling God like literally before I got here I want six months to grieve and grieve fully as hard as I can because I'm too young to not be married. I, You called me to be a wife, and I know that that's what I'm supposed to be. I don't know how many loves you get in this lifetime. We hear it in songs. I'm like, yo, that's a real, real twisted line until you have to live it. Yeah, yeah. 
Because now I'm like, wait. So, I know you didn't call me to be a widow forever because that's dumb. Yeah. You called me to be a wife. You even said it in your word. Yeah. So, I get to love someone else again? Yeah. Wow. But it's that process of go and through. And then really the dying because even though I was married Mm -hmm. and I had a beautiful marriage, the version of me today, I don't know if I could have ever been her in my marriage. Mm -hmm. And the reason being was because I got really comfortable in being married. And the best part is Jay always made me stand on my tippy toes. Mm -hmm. He always pushed me to go to the next level. But there comes a moment within ourselves that we're just like, I ain't trying to go no higher. Like that's good. I've done enough already. I don't have to go any higher than this in my little eyes in the world that I have lived in and the, the hand that was dealt to me, I've succeeded all the things. Yeah. We did marriage, right? We did kids, right? I don't, I'm good. But the reality is I was only good for my human experience. Mm -hmm. Me. Not for what God said the human experience that I was supposed to encounter to change a world or a generation of people. That's good. Really. So like that dying season isn't just for you or for the people that connected to you. And like that's that's where I'm at right now. And it's funny because we were before we started this, I I asked her, I said, Do you remember that (laughs) statement you said? And y'all, it was it was kosher as a dill pickle we were having a conversation one day randomly and she was like why don't any of my friends want to talk to me and i'm like i don't know in the back of my mind i'm thinking i don't i don't have a problem talking to you like but i do know that anytime and every time we talk either it's where are you going (laughs) you shouldn't be going here and don't forget what god said so if i mean maybe that's why like we know if we're going to have, like, if we're going to talk to Shamika, you better you better come all the way correct, and you better have all your ducks in a row, because she's going to read you your mail every no. time. So it's a thing about coming and sitting in the chair. Literally. So I don't take just any client. Like, there's purpose for you to come sit in the chair. Whether it be God is like, pray, she needs peace. Yep. She needs, she needs you tonight. There's been times, like, we started out laughing and talking, and then I didn't say anything for a couple hours, or you no, didn't either. For real. Like, and it, it was got just real me peaceful. going, like, God, what does she need? Like, what does she need from me? Like, what do you want me to say to her? Do you want me to say anything to her? So it's not like I'm just, like, hungry, like, okay, give me a word to get to life. <laughs> like, no, that's not it. But just, like, you know, the whole, like, God. Do you want me to say something to her mm-hmm. in, in obedience? That's why I said, like, and like, as we're talking, I'm like, this is why they don't want to talk to me. Like, this is why right here, like you went outside and like in hesitation of like, I know God told me that that, that morning of, because we were on the phone. Yep. And it's a day I will never forget. Like I, yeah. Amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> because just, you know, God does what God does. And even in that, I was like, I was like, she's so young. Like, you know, you're my age. Yeah. What are you like? 36. 36. Four years younger than me. And I'm going, she's so young. He's young. Like, and God said, it's okay because I have somebody else for her. I'm like, that was quick. Like, (laughs) this is the way that God said it. It was like, that was quick. Like, and God was like, but I have somebody else for her. 
And I was like, amen. And God was like, you're going to tell her. And I was like, okay, whenever the time. Not, not a week <laughs> in, but I didn't know what you had experienced and what yeah. you had dealt with with God. And so when I was like, head, like, and God is like, I'm always like, God, if you tell me to say something and I don't say it, like, make me just spit it out. Like, it's something <laughs> I was like, it's always like that jerk when I don't. Every time it's always like. And by the way, God like, said, I mean, just. Uh, yeah. yeah, because, you know, you never want to say something out of you. Like, even me telling you, like, you're going to be all right. Like, who am I to tell you that? Like, literally, like, I love you. Like, as close as we are and, like, as cool as we are, it's like. Who are you to tell somebody that just found out their husband passed away? Like, you're, the same day, y'all. This is the, I can make this up. Like, the same day. Literally. And so then we got six hours of praying. We got six hours of, it is eerily quiet and awkward in the car. Because it's like, I don't know what to say. Do you talk? Like, yeah. you just don't know. And then it was like, God was like, text her. And so I was like, I'm not texting her. Everybody's texting her. Everybody's blowing their phone up. And God was like, no, text her. And I was like, as I started texting God was like, I'm going to tell you what to text. Mm -hmm. And I was like, even in the text, if you ever read my other text, they're nothing like that text. I don't True. believe I've ever sent the... <laughs> and I was like, man, you like covered all avenues like in the text. <laughs> I went back and reread it like five times before I would send it. I was like, okay, I'm going to just save it. If I just close it, it's just going to stay in the drafts. And the husband was like, send it. And I was like, no, like everybody's calling their phone. Yeah. Everybody's texting her. She done had to go to Freeman Lake to like get away, like to steal away. Yeah. Like, no. And so when God was like, send it to her, I sent it. Even in that moment, I didn't realize I was having to die to myself yeah. to allow me not to have control over when I sent it began like, and that's why I said, God is so divine. Like yep. you don't even realize it. And I think I, t I remember telling you that day. Cause you was like, when you came the next time you was like, uh, -uh we ain't talking. Yeah. And she was, was like, like, what did I do? What I said, I you said, like, you said the last time I was here, you said I was going to encounter God or something, something I said to yeah, you. And she, I was she, like, I said that. And you were like, yeah, you said it. I was like, sorry like I don't know and so like in that it was like man to live a sold out life that when God says say it you say it yeah it's to die to yourself of to like totally I give it to you you created me like you got this big G you know I'm just yeah. a little G down here just a little girl you know <laughs> you're God and I mean I think that like the coolest part though is this last year, like for me, I tell people all the time, like people are like, man, how did you make it? Mm -hmm. And I said, this year was a year of pruning. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even that the tree was dead. It was very alive. Mm -hmm. But if you're a farmer or if you, you like, if you know anything about trees, like my great aunt, God, I love her to pieces. Um, I told myself before she passed away, I'm going to write an autobiography about her. And she's still living. But growing up, everyone went to her house. So, like, both of my aunts live on a hill. One had magnolia trees. And, like, we used to, like, we call that the house on the hill because it's, that's all on her property. Big, beautiful, still magnolias. They're still there. My other aunt, her husband, when I say there was not a fruit that did not grow in her house, we had everything from plums to um, walnuts, pecans, peaches. I mean... Let me think. We had a plum tree, an apple tree. They, he tried an orange tree, but in southern Alabama, y'all, it did one season. And that was it. Like, But, I mean, 
um, pears. I'm trying to think. Berries, some wild berries that he let them do until all the squirrels came. And he was like, we're done with this. But the coolest part about it is every summer, us mm -hmm. kids had to go out there, rake all the leaves from around like the root of the tree. Mm -hmm. Because if you didn't rake the leaves that had fallen from all the other trees, if it, whenever it rained, all the nutrients from those leaves would mess up the root yeah. of what happened. And I'll never forget, he taught us one year, the reason why you prune them early before summer hits is so when summer hits, you don't have to clean up as much of the damage from the dead things that are around it. Mm, that's and I'm word. like, that's wow. Good. That's a whole word right there. So like, for, but for me, like this, this year, because I mean, it's not fully a year yet. Yeah. But this year has really been more so like, you're really you're you're stable your roots are their planet and you're good mm -hmm. now let me take away the stuff that you've held on to that you really didn't need that's because good. there's so much growth that's just waiting to evolve mm -hmm. but you haven't allowed it to like evolve because you didn't want to let it go mm -hmm. to let it be pruned to let it fall off and it's crazy because over the last two and a half weeks i'm like oh yeah i'm done with that I don't even, if I never speak, talk, look in the direction of it, we're done. I've enjoyed you. Mm -hmm. You've enjoyed me. But I, I can't keep doing life like this. That's good. And I can't keep pretending that it's all okay. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because most of the time we know the things that we have to prune because someone that we know, like, or trust has said something in a way that we're like, what made you say that? And they don't mm -hmm. even say it offensively. You just, it just makes you like... Huh, I wonder why they said that to me today. And again, because we are in our own human experience, we don't stop and really ponder like, God, why did they say that? Or question, God, was that really meant for me? Mm -hmm. Should I go and examine that area, that relationship, that friendship? Or is it me? That's good. You know, and so I know for me, the last year for sure has been pruning. And everyone, like, my friends are like, bro, the 19th is coming and we scared. And I'm like, why? They're like, because you you made it very crystal clear. Y'all got till February 19th of 2024. Any and everything that y'all want from me in this vulnerable state, take it. Because after that, that girl, this version, I gave y'all a whole year to ask all the questions, to try to figure it all out, to be who you said you wanted to be. And I've been like, and I, I mean, I made a post about it. I was like, this whole soft girl era, I thought she was cute. That's not me. Mm -mm. I can't even do her. That's dumb. Like, what? So you don't, you don't speak your mind? You, you don't ask the questions? Wait, you can't do that in your soft girl era? Apparently not. But you, but you can, though. Well, I, I maybe I need to re, re revisit yeah, it. Okay, well, I don't want that part of the soft girl era because I'm going to speak my mind. Yeah. I'm well, going to do it softly and uh, with authority. And see, I think that's where I was like... Y'all don't, huh? Yeah. I know. I got to give her back. I'm sorry. I tried her out. She's not for me. Like, I, what? I think soft girl era comes in when you enter into a space where you feel safe. Yeah. And I mean, like, in a, it's it's crazy because there there were places that I I feel really safe. And I'm like. It allows you to be soft girl authentically, naturally. Authentically. And I mean, I have been asked in those spaces, you just never talk when you're in this space I'm like it just feels good to not have to own a room it feels good knowing that when I'm in this space 
if I say nothing, all of this space still activated. Absolutely. And I can just, I'm glad I'm here. Absolutely. I don't have anything to say. And I think when you're on the opposite side looking in, if you don't know that person well, mm-hmm. it'll look like, man, they don't really talk. No, no, they do. But they've always had to talk. They've always had to show up and they've always had to show up on these levels of excellence or expectations that now I'm like, oh, no, it's good. Nope. And I, I heard this quote the other day and I, I, I thought about it when I was like, man, Lord, what are we going to call this episode? And then when he gave me that, I was like, oh, that's good. That really goes along with it. But this girl posted, she was like, you know, there will come seasons in your life where people will think, oh, man, she's just throwing people to the wolves. And what they're really doing is, no, I just don't have any time to entertain the nonsense. And I said, yo, that's me and Shamika all day. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm I'm really like <laughs> this whole girl math thing. <laughs> I said, no, it's really one plus one is five. You're right. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. Whatever. I'm not I don't even I don't even want to know how you figured it out. But if that's what you came that's up with, the answer is you're right. That, and that's a beautiful I think that's a beautiful space to be in where you, because you go from defense mm-hmm. all the time. You're defending yourself. You're defending who you are. You're trying to prove, you know, well, I'm this and I'm that. And then when you can actually embrace the identity, your true identity. And I think that's what a lot of it is. It's like, I don't have to. God does it for me. Um, if I correct you, you're still going to be stupid. Period. Like, in, in, you realize, like, I don't have to engage that. Like, mm-hmm. it's not worth it. That's beneath me. Like, you don't get off your throne to address peasants. I know we laugh and people say, that's prideful. But you never see a queen get off her throne to address the peasants because the king does it for her. And so then you realize in it, like, I can be soft girl because I'm safe. Where I'm safe at, I can be soft girl. I don't have to own the room. Like, I don't have to, like, I can get poured into in this season. Like, I'm always pouring. I'm always giving. I'm always, and this season, God is like, but I'm going to pour into you. Listen. I'm going to give to you. I'm going to put you in spaces and places where people are above your level. Like, and, and it's good because it's like you look around sometimes at your people you love the most. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, can you uh, give me some more people? <laughs> I'm going to use my community in this go-round. The community that you give me, I'm going to use it because, you know, like, but then you realize, like, as much as you love your old community in your season of dying, you realize, like, y'all were okay with me being the walking dead. Yeah. Yep. You were okay with me walking dead. And, and I love how God. Because it didn't pressure them to level up. It didn't, it didn't cause them to come out of their comfort zone. And nope. it's like, we're all comfortable. Like, God called us to be uncomfortable. And so I love, from a year from the day I fell on the floor and I said I was dying. God said, you're going to preach that same Sunday. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know until they asked me to preach. Like, I had no idea. But God kept saying, you're, gonna, you're getting ready to speak. You're getting ready to speak. I gave you a word. And I was like, okay. But I don't know if I'm going to. And right. Like, through all of this came even a hospital stay. Like, I was in the hospital for almost a week. It was a week. Five days. Yeah. I was in there for five days. And in it, God was like, are you going to live or are you going to die? In that. Because they kept saying. Sir, let me get out. I'll live. I promise. I had many strokes, but just sitting there, it was like, you don't realize, like, 
the pity party you sit in when you mm. begin to die. Yeah. Like I had to make a choice, like get up and live, like talk to these all Ezekiel had to do was speak to the bones and they live. And God was like, I need you to just tell yourself to get up. And it was like, okay, get up. And God was like, I need you to trust me. And that song, trust, I trust in you, God. Mm -hmm. That song, I put that on repeat. And in the midst of the phlebotomist coming in, the PCA coming in, the RNs coming in, I never stopped my worship. I just like literally like flip my arm over like... <laughs> Like, I just laid in the bed and cried. Like, I laid my hospital bed flat, y'all, and, like, literally just cried. And in that moment, I told God, I will trust you. Mm -hmm. Because, truthfully, and in, in I don't like using titles as a minister, I'm supposed to have this trust as an armor bearer. I'm supposed to already yeah. be at this level. And it was, like, so much stress and so much pressure, like, to perform and to show up. And it was, like, God was, like... It won't be none of that if you trust me to do it. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you to do it. And, man, like, God is so amazing. And so a year from the day I said I was dying, I preached. And That's it so was crazy. the message was all things new. I love it. And it didn't dawn on me until after I had the sermon title, I preached. And then God was like, it, it's been a year. Wow. And I was like, a year? You met <coughs> a year to the day? It was fourth Sunday of November, 2022, and I preached. I hadn't preached or anything for a whole year. And wow. November 2023, God said it was time. I love to it. Live. And so, you know, you're thinking, I'm good, right? I did all that. Nope. Here comes the Father. <laughs> Round two. And so I had an uh, ingrown toenail. I know, disgusting, but I had an ingrown toenail. And I went to go get it taken out. And it was so deep in my skin. I couldn't even understand how I was walking. Oof. And then God began to show me from the year that he took me through this death. You had become so numb to pain that you didn't realize that this was affecting your walk with me. That I had to remove it. And so then, like, you put this acid in there to keep the nail yep. from growing back. And God said, I had to kill what was hurting you so it doesn't affect your walk later. I have to kill what's hurting you now so it doesn't affect your walk later. Snap fingers. And I was like, what? And I was like, and then, like, lately people are like, why are you walking so funny? Because I'm learning how to walk right. Mm-hmm. Because my toenail was, like, so far embedded, it was causing so much pain. And my doctor is like, he numbs my toe. And it was so funny. He numbs my toe. And he's like, do you feel that? I'm like, no. He's like, you don't feel that? I'm like, no. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm not supposed to feel it. Like, you just stuck a whole needle in my toe <laughs> three times. Like, and put numbing medicine in it. And he's like, you don't feel that? I'm like, no. He's like, you don't even feel the pressure. But I'm listening. And the Holy Spirit is like, I need you to hear what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And I go, no. Well, before he did that, when he numbed it, he said, do you know how you get ingrown toenails? And I was like, no. He was like, they're, they're, they're hereditary. Mm -hmm. And I said, what? He said, there's nothing that you could do to that prevent would it. cause your, your toe to grow a certain way or to prevent it. And I said, man. So when he's like, you don't feel that. And I'm like, no. He's like, no. Do you have anybody in your family with ingrown toenails? And I'm like, yeah, both of my parents had them. Wow. He said, so you got it bad on both sides. Mm. And I'm listening. I'm literally like hearing the Holy Spirit, like, listen to what he's saying. I'm like, man, 
I didn't know. And he said, you don't feel that. I'm like, no, dude, no. I know you plucking, you jabbing, you. <laughs> the answer is no for a taking, thousand, Alex. He's taking a metal scalpel and sticking it down in my toe going, you to don't see feel how far. that. Mm-hmm. And he's going deep. And he's like, no. And I believe he did it. Like, my toe still hurts and my other side didn't hurt like this. <laughs> so I know, like, you went down far, like, to, like, prove a point. Like, you're going to feel this. And I was like, and finally, like, I felt a little pressure. And I go, I feel that. He's like, you feel that? And he goes on the other side. And I said, yeah, I feel that. And God said, you didn't even realize how numb you were to pain. And I was like, I wouldn't allow myself to feel. Yeah. And I was like, a prophet hears and knows the heart of God. How can I hear and know the heart of God? If you're so numb to If I won't even allow myself to feel the hearts of his people. That's deep. No pun intended. I was like, oh, my God. And so, like, the healing process, like, Holy Spirit was like, you know, listen at how they tell you to take care of your foot and to stay off of it and then put pressure where you got to put pressure. And God was like, you got to heal properly from this. You got to. Because if you don't, because I was bleeding profusely, you guys. Like, and he said, if you don't, you're going to bleed on everyone you encounter. And it's going to leave a trail of blood. Mm. And I was like, man, that's how they'll identify where I was at. It would be a trail of blood, literally, of the people that I bled on and the people that I hurt. And God was like, but you don't have to. If you just heal. So even in the midst of me dying and coming out, God is, like, still showing me, like. And so right now, um, I'm dying to live again. Listen, and I think that the coolest part about it and... Look at my time. We're going to end with this. The coolest part about this, and it, nothing is cool about dying. Let me let me make sure I say that for anyone yeah. that comes at my face, because I'm almost not. We're back. not talking about physical death. Like, I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't want to, actually, it doesn't matter. I think I'm even crazy enough to say that a more natural death is probably a lot easier than a spiritual one. You know, I would, I would, and I would say that because a lot of, we forget that we were spirit beings first. Yes. Having an earthly experience. Before we were having an earthly experience. And it's like, every time we have to die in the spirit, what we're really saying is, hey, yo, God, you messed up. And he's like, no, let me remind you that I made you and you were perfect. In my image. You're destroying my image. So I got to let you die. So I can remake my image. And that's the part that is beautifully twisted because we want to live our human experience with a spiritual being. And that's not right. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's like, no, your spiritual being yeah. gets to allow you to have a human experience. Yeah. And so this, this, the levels of dying they get easier to the eye of man, <laughs> but they get more in depth with us. It's like mm-hmm. an onion. It's it's easy to pull off the first layer of an onion, the second layer, the third one. But then once your eyes start watering because they're strong and you're like, but I got to get like three more layers out. Yeah. Well, it hurts. Your hands begin to tingle. Your eyes begin to water. Your nose is starting to run. Now you're trying to find glasses, but you can't touch your face. Like then, all, it's like the a domino effect. Yeah. 
But the masterpiece that you make, once you slice it and dice it, you're like, but it was so worth it. It was so worth it. Absolutely. And now here we are like, hey, yo, God, at this point, okay. Yeah. It's going to be worth it, right? <laughs> you're you're going you're gonna to hold my hand through it, right? <laughs> and he's like, you know me. Go. Yeah. And so that's that's the reality. No matter what, the dying comes in every stage of the go and the through and the actual death itself. But the best part is, is if you don't quit, you do get to the other side. Yeah. Because stopping is a destination. Going through are just actions to get you to the destination. But if you prematurely stop, if you prematurely quit, you're always going to fail. And then you're going to end up having to start again. So just finish the race, finish the course and no matter how hard it gets, I don't know. I feel like the way that Shamika does it, you come sit in her chair and get your hair done. For me, you pull up to the table and we have these conversations. Absolutely. But either way, it goes more than anything, I think. And if you're in this season or if you're in a season, have been in a season, yeah. whether it's grief physically, naturally, or spiritually, I think the real lesson here is, Ask God where you're at in the cocoon season. Yeah. And then be honest with yourself to know that I'm in a cocoon season. Come on. Say. And then give yourself permission to either alert the people that are at your table, in your chair, so you can actually have people that say they may not be able to talk to me, but I know my portion is to let me lift them up. Mm -hmm. Because there will come moments where you can't respond. You can't talk about it because it's painful on every aspect of pain. But the blessing is knowing that you are not alone and you don't have to do it alone. And even if you do in the natural, spiritually, you should always have someone that's going to be like, you know what? I know you can't talk about it, but I'm just going to send you this text message. Like you said, like eat on these words, feast on these words in this week. Whenever the Lord tells me to come around again, I'm here and vice versa. So... I'm honored. We'll have to do a part two because she's not done dying. I'm, I'm so yeah. it'll definitely be worth it. I appreciate you for giving me your time. I like y'all. I stole an hour of her day. Thank you for having but me. It was so good. Y'all, y'all and like literally these are our conversations all the time. Absolutely. They're full of laughter, full of like real truth. But at the end of the day, find people that you can build a table with that really push you to go higher in God. Cause if, I mean, you ain't got nothing else to be living for in this world. For the seat at your table. Listen, always, you can always pull up to my table. I might not like it, but you can always pull up a seat to my table. like, I might not. No, but y'all know how this goes. Until we meet again, you are so worthy, so loved, and so important. My, my, my. For better or for worse... I'm committed to bringing back real conversations into our homes, around our kitchen tables, where laughter explodes. And sometimes tears may have to fall, but healing is inevitable and new growth is rooted in the authenticity of becoming better. Better communicators, better friends, better spouses. Well, I guess well-rounded people altogether. 
so that the legacies our children and grandchildren carry are the ones that we vowed to use our voices in our homes. You may not be ready to pull up to my door, but just know, I will always vow to have an open space that you can always come sit and dwell in. If it means you leave better than when you showed up, it's not bye, it's see you later. Because there's always room and time for you to come in and have a seat with me.